This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Welcome, friends, to yet another episode, and today, this is a topic that I get a lot of conversation about, (laughs) let's put it that way, with clients, with friends, with family, with myself, (laughs) and hopefully you also experience this as well, and you've probably reflected on this question, no doubt, and that is, does work-life balance exist? Let me boil it down for you here. Honestly, the answer to this is up to you. So what do you think? It doesn't really matter what I think. I mean, sure, it does to me, but maybe not to you. But I am certainly here to help give you the space that you might need to question yourself and reflect on this question and determine what you think about certain topics, including this one, because I feel like a lot of these things and a lot of these topics that I do cover can be quite subjective. And that's fine, because that's what I love about this. This It's very philosophical for you to, to press pause and reflect on what you think. Because I'm certainly going to have my own thoughts and opinions, and, and sure, I'll do some research and dive into the literature and the journal articles and the, the research that's been done on these things already. But what's most important is really what what is N equals one for you. So what is it for you? And regardless, really, of what you think, there there is resounding evidence that long, especially long working hours, are just harmful to, to really everyone. You know, the managers, the CEOs, as well as the employees. And it doesn't really matter what level you're at at a company. If you're working really hard and really long hours, then it's going to have some sort of impact to you. But this is where the subjectivity kicks in. And that's what what you might consider quote unquote long working hours because everyone's definition of that is is different you know for me i I really hmm, when i was traveling for a living in my in my previous career when i was doing medical research i was working for a small biotech it was a smaller biotech at the time uh so there was more work we were running leaner let's put it that way so there was definitely more work on our plates because we were a smaller company we were running leaner trying to be more cost effective now then i was traveling every week all across the u.s and canada and Travel days were definitely the more difficult days, especially in the beginning of my career when I was figuring out and getting used to life in airports, life in hotels, life on hotel beds, and all of that. And I will say that my evolution and change certainly happened a lot quicker just because I I do love traveling and I got used to it very, very quickly. So within a matter of, I don't know, probably a couple months, I was getting into a really good routine, figuring out what I liked, figuring out what hotels I liked to stay at because the beds were better, uh, or it was more quiet and, you know, the AC was better. You all probably know what I'm talking about if you've ever stayed in a hotel. So those travel days, however, were long. I would normally catch a flight sometimes in the five o'clock hour in the morning, and I would be on site by 7 a.m. 
or 9 a.m. Because keep in mind, I was working a lot with hospitals and, you know, medical teams and their asses are there usually in the seven o'clock hour. Let's be real. So shout out to all the healthcare workers who are listening. But um, once I started to get a little bit more longevity at that company, uh, I changed how my travel days looked because those travel days that were in essence easily, you know, 12 hour days, depending on where I was going in the, in the country, those definitely got just too much for me. And I had to, I had to recognize that. So I had to press pause and recognize, Ooh, you know, yeah, those 12 to 16, sometimes 20 hour days are just slaying me and making me feel like shit, making my sleep shit, making everything shit, (laughs) even though I was very grateful to have that job. And I was grateful to work for such an amazing company. And, but still for me, those longer days were definitely my cap. So even now, you know, at 42, I have career that I love. I have my own company. There are still those long days, you know, granted my energy doesn't wane as much as it did on those travel days, but I will say 10 to 12 hours, you know, if I'm putting in a longer day because I'm getting ready to launch something or just wanting to QC something a little bit more, maybe I have a lot of calls that day. I start to get a little bit loopy and sloppy right around the 10 to 12 hour mark. Like that is definitely my cap. And that is especially if I have not paid attention to my food, hydration, and my movement needs that I have throughout the day. I will say 12 to 16 hours is definitely my cap, you know, Uh, but it also depends on how physically demanding the situation is. You know, if I'm mountain biking coaching and it's a continual clinic that day, that's usually fine, but if I'm staying after and I'm doing a lot of things with cleaning up and things like that, and maybe I haven't had my snack, ooh, you can ask my friends. I'm starting to fade and I'm starting to fade fast. And my friends, bless them, they're amazing and they recognize that in me because I, I tend to get pretty quiet. And that's usually when people are starting to <laughs> to put food in front of my face because they realize Jen's getting hangry <laughs> like, because I just don't say anything. I get really, really quiet and I kind of, I just put my head down and do the work and, you know, break down the tent and all this other stuff. Friends know, love you friends. You know who you are. Um, keep me fed. (laughs) My wife and my friends keep me fed. But all of that to say, a personal story, I, I think I just spoke two to three minutes long about that. I apologize. All of that to say that long working hours is really subjective to you. Ideally, of course, in, you know, modern corporate America right now, Monday through Friday, typical job, yeah, eight hours, great. You want to call it a day. You want to clock out at the end of the eight hours. Uh, of course, launches and things like that, no matter what field you're working in, that, of course, is going to dictate how many hours you're working in and all of that. Now, of course, the exception here, and please know that I do recognize that a lot of healthcare workers that I work with and other individuals that work in shifts, you all are going to be the exception because shift work is going to be a whole other entity, a whole other beast. And just please know I am respecting that. And for the sake of this conversation, I'm really going to be focusing on a little bit more of the typical eight hour, quote unquote, you know, working hour. But there are going to be lots of potential for folks who are shift workers and work in healthcare or other other industries that do more shift work, where you can take a lot of these tips and apply it to how you're working and what you're doing. Now, of course, if you're in a patient 
front setting and you're taking care of patients, that is going to look different because I know that there is a little bit more strain right now. So please know that's my asterisk. That's my caveat here in this, in this conversation that we're having today. Um, so that being said, keep in mind, this is all subjective. Personally, I do think it's less about balancing one time and it's more about knowing that balance comes in cycles and those cycles also change as your as your life demands different things and and changes you know maybe having kids or getting married or moving or getting a different job or career or working for a different company all of those things are going to elicit changes so please know at every step of of your life when you do go about change there is going to be some sort of thing that you're going to have to change when it comes to establishing that work life balance but I will say, you know, there. I read uh, about a year ago, maybe, this really interesting article from uh, Harvard Business Review, and it was talking about how work-life balance is a cycle and not necessarily an achievement. And I'm basically doing this podcast episode based on some notes that I took, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> when I read something really interesting, I will take some notes on, on it, because I, I want to discuss it later. I want to really think about it and examine it and figure out what my own philosophy is in in pertaining to this particular article. So I will link, if I'm able to find, I should be able to find that, that article. If I'm able to find that article, I'll link it in the show notes in case you want to read it. But these are my notes and, you know, straight up from that article. And of course, with a lot of my thoughts interjected. And I think it's important to realize that this is not an end destination. And I think a lot of times humans think of things as, as black or white or, or you're either on or off or you're going for an end destination. And it's important to realize that it's not necessarily an achievement to establish work-life balance, but it is a cycle thing. It is a cyclical thing that you can constantly do throughout your life, all right? Now, I also think that work-life balance is more about integration to me. In other words, you know, how can you integrate your work life with your passions and your purposes and your responsibilities? <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that that's important to recognize that that there can be some sort of integration of the two lives, you know, because it's all your life, your work life and your regular life and responsibilities, that is your life. This is all under the same life umbrella, okay? And I just want to help you get in alignment with how things can work in your in your umbrella life, okay? <laughs> so today, just to recap and get clear on what we're talking about, I'm going to be talking about two concepts. That balance is an ever-evolving cycle and it's not necessarily a destination or an achievement. And I'll also be talking about how you can integrate your life with some design into your life, okay? So referencing my notes here from the HBR article, uh, I love Harvard Business Review. I really should just get a membership to it <laughs> because I always max out on my on my articles every month. Um, first, first step, this can be broken down into five steps just to let you know. So the cycle can be broken down into into five different different steps, okay? First step is to pause and denormalize. What the authors meant by this is they want you to press the pause button. 
I'm a big fan of that. If you've listened to any of my pod- other previous podcast episodes, big fan of pressing the pause button and asking and reflecting on what is creating more stress or like dissatisfaction in your life. What's making you disgruntled? What's making you just unhappy, unhappy pants, okay? And I think it's also important, speaking from putting on my manager hat from my previous life, you know, how are you performing at work? What is your performance like? Are you engaged? Are you lively? Not Now, keep in mind, not every fucking day has to be like super engaged and lively because that's just not a realistic expectation for really any employee, even if you love what you're doing. There are days, I, and I love what I, I've... Uh, I fucking love what I do, all right? And I love my people that I work with. I love just everything about this. But do I come to my work and my check-ins engaged and lively every single day of my life? No, that is just not realistic, even if you're working with something that is your passion and purpose in life, just because there are going to be ebbs and flows with your energy, okay? So give yourself a little bit of grace around that. But ask yourself, hey, how engaged and lively are you? You know, or are you... Are you wishing for the day, the work day to just end already? Whatever it is, assess it. So pause and assess this and ask yourself what you're prioritizing now and what are you sacrificing now? And check in to see what what kind of trade-offs might be good for you or, or not. And if some of these things aren't in alignment with you, then great. We have to seek alternatives, which we'll talk about, which we'll talk about in a couple steps, okay? In an example um, that I took note of in my in my phone notes when I was reading this article is, and I'll quote: "This is from the article. Not these are not my words. Okay, legal partner Kate told us that following the birth of her son, she experienced a major mental shift. She recognized that while the idea of quote unquote I must work, must work, must work, end quote, had been indoctrinated into her." She was now aware of the clash between this idea and where she was now as a mother. This life-changing event of having a child was the impetus that she needed to take a step back, become aware of the mismatch between her current situation and her personal priorities, and begin to to denormalize her habit of working long hours. And that quote, the reason I took note of it, I, I remember when I read it, I do work with a lot of parents and especially a lot of new parents, shout out to you, you know who you are. Um, and there is this moment, you know, especially those first few months of after having their child. And I, I, full disclosure, I cannot say that I know or, you know, know what this experience is like, but I can empathize wholeheartedly, can empathize with this. But there are those moments of those first few months, especially when they do go back to work after maternity or paternity leave, they start to question you know, wow, my priorities have completely shifted because of having a child, because of having this life depend on them for life. And that is normal. That is, that's part of the cycle of all of this is when your priorities shift, you should be able to stop, pause and and recognize, recognize uh, these things because it's incredibly important to do so. Okay. So step one, pause and denormalize and basically just do a little check-in on how you're performing, how is your engagement and all of this stuff. Second step, pay attention to your emotions. So you've already paused to see how the situation is. And I'm waving my arms furiously at this because of, you know, I'm basically just trying to emphasize you're, you're assessing all of the things that of the situation that you're in with your work-life balance. 
The next step is to ask yourself how you feel, because while that's subjective, this is incredibly important. You know, it's important to check in on how that situation that you figured out in, in, in step one is making you feel. Is it making you feel energized? Is it making you feel like shit? Is it making you feel satisfied? Are you feeling like your life is fulfilled and, you know, the heavens are parting and angels are singing? Are you angry? Are you resentful? Are you frustrated? Those are negative emotions, sure, but they are positive in the sense that they can give you the power to recognize how you're feeling. Those are those are road signs, friends. If you're feeling resentful to, about a colleague of yours because they they clock out at 4 p.m. to go spend time with their kids and you're still sitting and working, you need to pause and you need to figure out what the hell you need to reprioritize, okay? And it's important. Emotions, while it's something that is very subjective and it's something that I, it's not necessarily hard data, <laughs> Your emotions and how you're feeling are real. And I think that we need to pay attention to how we're feeling and not stuff it down and just think, no, I have to work, work, work more because this rise and grind mentality is what's going to get me my next promotion. No, getting your shit done and getting your, getting that all done with a good attitude to show up the next day and the next week and the next month and the next quarter that is what's going to to get you some sort of recognition at work and doing good work. It's not the long hours. I don't give a crap about your long hours. And I never gave a crap about when I was a manager. I never gave two shits about people working those long hours. To me, I feel I always felt like the people who had to work the long hours uh, were sacrificing productivity, actually. So they were just focusing on working the long, grindy hours But those hours actually weren't really super productive, you know? Of course, that is not the case with everyone. Please know I recognize that. But that was just my observation based on work output. Let's put it that way. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Just because I don't want to get my my ass in trouble. Um, You know, if, if folks who have managed in the past are listening. So... It's something to just to acknowledge, you know, how productive are those hours, but pay attention to how you're feeling. The third step in all of this is to reprioritize. (laughs) Look at the situation and look at the emotions in like you did in steps one and two. And then that will allow you to be able to figure out what the hell you need to adjust. What, what do you need to reprioritize or what do you need to sacrifice? Priorities in your life change remember that they are not necessarily static. Again, this really goes hand in hand with the concept of work-life balance being a cycle. And it's cyclical. That means you're going to keep having to go through this. Those, and I did make a note of this after I read the HBR article, those that reprioritized things rated themselves as having a more positive work-life balance. Boom. Mic drop. I could end the podcast episode right there, but I'm not going to. I'm going to probably talk for like another 10 minutes. So bear with me here. I'm going to repeat that. God, I get so fired up about this because there are too many people killing themselves with their job. And I'm saying that because I was one of them. (sighs) Milo's concerned. Those that reprioritized things rated themselves as having a more positive work-life balance it is crucial for you to press pause, pay attention to your emotions, and re-fucking-prioritize. <laughs> I apologize if, if I'm on speaker uh, and there's little ears listening, but it's so important. 
Step four, consider the alternatives. So with this step, it's really a matter of, you know, assessing how can you shift things in your work or life to align with your priorities in in life as they change and evolve and are cyclical. Maybe, I really like this one, uh, this idea. Maybe there are tasks that you're currently doing at work that don't necessarily cater to your strengths or perhaps just make you miserable. (laughs) But perhaps a colleague is actually better suited to do them. You know, if you have the, the fortune of having a colleague, I didn't really have a colleague oftentimes when I was working in biotech because of the lean structure. But cater to your strengths if you can. You know, maybe they can take on a project of yours and you can take on a project of them of theirs that maybe they, they abhor. And, you know, that's, I think, a really good idea of uh, just kind of you know, talking to your manager if you, if you are managed and just seeing like, hey, are there things that, that really cater to you and really bring you joy when you're in work mode? Uh, another idea that I came up with is maybe you want to get to work 30 minutes earlier in order to, to leave 30 minutes earlier to beat the traffic to pick up your kid with more daylight, especially this time of year, with more daylight, maybe you're going to go for a quick little hike or a little quick little bike ride around the neighborhood with your kiddo, whatever that is for you, you know, figure out what, what is your priority and figure out how much time you want to spend on your passions or with your family or loved ones, and then adjust as needed. And that's when step four kicks in or step five kicks in, implement changes. So you've already paused, you've already figured out what the situation is, you've already paid attention to your emotions, you've already reprioritized things and considered alternatives, now it's time to freaking make these changes because you can identify things till you're blue in the face. You can have all the knowledge imaginable. But if you're not implementing these changes, then what's the point, right? So once you've figured out what your priorities are and you're figuring out how you want to adjust them, great. You have to take massive action or even a micro action on, on making these a reality. Okay. For me here, boundaries, boundaries are a big one for me. I, I personally set boundaries for my clients not to text me or call me, you know, especially if I'm working with friends, uh, because it's important for me to keep that friendship intact and they can email me and they can message me in the apps. But the reason for that is because those things I use during my typical work hours. And if my friends are texting me, I want to know that they're texting me for a friend thing. They're texting me to go out and ride bikes <laughs> or they're texting me to meet up and, and, you know, go for a hike or something, right? Whatever the social, the social thing is in that, in that given time. And I don't want that anxiousness of getting that text from a friend and being like, oh God, what do they want? You know, and I love you all. I love you all who have texted me. But I want to know that they're reaching out to me for that friend role and I'm putting on my friend hat and I'm showing up for them in that manner and not that it's taking me away from the work that I'm doing at that time, if that makes sense. And I also, another thing I do, and this could be something you could steal, I set my work hours and my email response times in the very first email with my clients at their very first check-in. These are things that you can do as well if if they speak with you and they resonate with you. And I think that 
boundaries are definitely a big one for folks to set up. And I know I'm working with a handful of clients right now that are actually, that's one of their big goals for 2022 is just to be able to set better boundaries at work. So that way they can live how they want to live and they can live their best life. Okay. Ultimately, remember that this is a cycle and it's meant to be repeated. (laughs) It's not meant to be just one and done. So most importantly, just keep going through it and use it to reevaluate how you can change things in an ongoing basis. So now I want to kind of segue into the, the second part and that's how, and this won't take as long as the first one, uh, how do you integrate your passions, purpose, and responsibilities, you know, your life with your work life. And like I said earlier, it's all really the same life. It's all an umbrella, right? But maybe I will go ahead and have to say that maybe your work life and your life life (laughs) are one and the same like they are for me. And that's great and all, but you still need to make sure that you're able to come to your work feeling more refreshed and ready to conquer the work ahead of you. And that's why it's incredibly important to set boundaries, you know, figure out what, figure out what your ideal day looks like at work and think of the ways that you can make it happen with the things that bring you absolute joy in life, like scheduling in your bike rides or time with your partner or dinner with your partner or loved ones or friends, you know, whatever your situation is. And maybe that means that you look at your week, seven days, right? Imagine you have seven days in front of you and you figure out what days work best for you to get a bike ride in, for example, based on your meetings and daylight and and time and all of this stuff, right? And I think that that's going to be the big, the big thing to keep in mind is you shouldn't have to force things into your life. And another way to flip the script with work-life balance is to consider, okay, you have your basic working hours, sure. But how, what about your life hours? You know, what are the things that bring you joy and how do you fit them in first? So maybe, maybe flip the script and think about, okay, I want to do this two hour bike ride. I know I can't do it on Mondays. I have really long, hell, okay. I have long meetings that day. Hell, I don't even know if I can do it any day of the week, but I sure as hell can do it on the weekend. I can do it on Saturday. You know, so just as, I mean, that's a stupid, simple example, but it's true because I feel like, you know, especially if you're a cyclist and you're going for a longer bike ride or you're going for a ski tour, you know, it's winter time here in Colorado. So we've gotten some snow and things like that in the mountains. A lot of people are doing ski tours and and alpine skiing and all this other stuff. And I mean, they're wanting to spend, you know, four to six hours, four to six hours out on the snow and they're not probably not going to schedule that in during the week. Right. Right. I mean, some people will, maybe in the mornings, you know, they'll go up and do a skin and then come down, but that's just an idea. You know, you can do that if you have some flexibility with your work and you can start your meetings later. And of course, if you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business, yeah, that, that does mean that you can be a little bit more flexible with your time and your schedule and things like that. But be realistic, you know, when you're pausing and you're looking at your life, think about the things that bring you joy and how you can implement them first considering your times with clients and your meetings and, and your time in your work life. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say. So I want you to pause and ask, what do you think of work-life balance? Do you think it exists or do you think it's an elusive like white rabbit that you're going to continually chase and not necessarily capture? I'd love to hear your feedback on this. Send me a DM 
in Instagram at Shift Human Performance. Friends, I love you all. I really do. I am so incredibly grateful to have you listen to this episode today. If you found it helpful, you know the routine. Please subscribe, share it on the socials, and tag me in it so I see it because I don't see it because I try to be on social media for like 10 minutes at a time and then I'm out. I'm out because seriously, you listening and sharing and subscribing, it means so much to me to have your support. I can't even put it in words uh, except love. Just I have a lot of love for you all. Even if I don't know you, I seriously, like when I get messages from people I don't even know, and they say, oh man, I listened to this episode. I'm like, holy shit, you did? <laughs> like, I really think it's just my mom and my dad and like some close friends listening to some of this shit on repeat. So so please know that, you know, it I it means like so much to me. I came uh can't even put it in words, getting choked up. But all of that being said, uh, to add to it, Spotify, Spotify, thank you, is now doing reviews. If you love this podcast, please leave a five-star review because it helps me get into more ears. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. That sounds kind of creepy. It helps me get to more people. Okay. How, how about that? It helps me reach more people. Maybe that's a bit better. I probably should have wrote down that note so I could have uh, said that a little bit more eloquently, but there's your genism for the day. On that note, <laughs> I hope you have an absolutely beautiful day and an epic day. And I hope you do get a little bit more balanced in your work-life balance, all right? Bye, friends.